It's a gospel on the radio talk show. A show about dreams and visions and a church that is indeed triumphant, alive, and well. For the church triumphant is alive and well. Hello, Tallahassee. This is the Gospel on the Radio Talk Show. Pastor Jack King, I am your host, and I am, as always, just excited to spend an hour with you on a Sunday morning before we go to church today. As I say, this is a show about dreams and visions and a church triumphant, alive and well. We talk about the church. That is our theme. It's been the theme since 2002 when we first started the talk show. This is show number 1,102. Two. That's a lot of talking over a lot of years, but I've enjoyed it immensely. Have had the opportunity to interview a lot of people, talk about the gospel, talk about the church, talk about ministry, talk about passion. And uh, I say passion drives this show because this is what we're all about. We're about people who are passionate about ministry about what God has called them to do in his glorious kingdom. And I'm just delighted to get the show started today. There are some things on my mind, and I'm going to share them with you throughout the broadcast. We've got music in the CD player ready to go. We are just excited about spending a full hour with you today here on 94.1 on your radio dial, the gospel on the radio talk show. I have a few rules. I don't talk sports, politics, doctrine. We always speak well of one another. That's the way we've done it ever since the very, very beginning. Because the thing is, is that we want to be positive, positive about ministry, positive about life. But here's the thing. I see everything on this show from the perspective of how does this affect the church? How does this affect God's people? Because let's face it, this world is changing. It's changing fast. And there are a lot of things that as I just just look around the landscape of life, as I listen on the radio and I see and I talk to people, I say, I don't know that I recognize this world that I'm living in now. It just seems totally different. It's very foreign to me. Of course, uh, I've grown up as a person who's lived a pretty simple life. I'm a country boy. I see things from a country perspective. And um, it's not that I'm incapable of change, but if I'm going to change, then I've got to know that it's a positive change. It's something that uh, lines up with uh, my beliefs in Scripture and my beliefs and just what is good for uh, myself, my family, and my church family, and all of my Christian brothers and sisters. It's just got to make sense to me. And a lot of things that I'm being asked to change, you say, well, Pastor King, who asked you? I'm just talking about society itself and the pressures of society. It says you must conform. You must conform to the, the new way of Talking and a new way of, of uh, acceptance. No, I don't have to conform to anything except to make sure that I am a servant of the Most High God. And uh, 
I have to be a person who has that peace in my heart that I believe that my life lines up with him and the Spirit of God that would lead me and guide me. There's a lot of things that uh, I look at my life, I say, well, no, there's not perfection here. I don't claim to be a perfect person. The thing I claim is that uh, I want to be a follower of Jesus Christ and the things that he taught us. And uh, that's why I'm a student of the Word of God. That's why I teach the Word of God. And uh, if you tune in here on 94.1, Monday through Friday at 11 o'clock, you'll hear a sample of my teaching, the things that I teach, because I'm a Bible preacher, Bible teacher. I stick close to the Word of God, and that's what I present as I bring the gospel across these airwaves. But now, Sunday mornings on the talk show, uh, I say, well, I'm the messenger. I'm the person who just... Uh, spreads the good news, and uh, this is why I, I love the opportunity to interview people, because I get to just take a look at the heart, and I think it's very important that we look at the heart of every individual, and say, so, well, I want to I see it for what I sense and I feel as I talk to you, and I hear your passion for what God is uh, doing in your life, and your ministry, and what is your motivation, why are you doing what you're doing, and what's important to you. And uh, it's amazing how that uh, these interviews go. From, from my side of the desk here, because I'm sitting here, I'm looking at somebody, I'm talking to them. Often, the people who come to be on this radio show with me we never met before they walked through the doors of the building where we're doing the interview at. We never met. And so from the time that we walk up the foyer, climb up the steps up to where the studio is, get settled in, then we're just talking and just getting to know one another. A lot of times when people come here to be on the radio, they're kind of nervous. And I can sense that they're nervous. And uh they're not, uh, they're not sure about what it is they're doing, and they're not sure about me. But it's amazing how I watch and sense and feel the transformation. And oftentimes, by the time we've completed the show, the doubts and the uh, anxieties have abated, and we've become friends because the thing that we share and the bond that we have is our love for the gospel and our love for the Lord Jesus Christ, our love for ministry and the love for people. So today, um, here's what we're going to do. There's things, you see it, I see it. As we live this life and walk here on this earth, in the country in which we live, in the country in which we love. Things that are concerning. Not going to spend a whole lot of time with a lot of those things, just a mention. But the question is this. What do we do? Here we are in a brand new, bold world in which we're living in. And most people that I talk to that's 
about my age, we pretty much have it in common. Now, we don't know where this is going, but we feel like that there's something that's happening that is not just coincidence. There's something or somebody pulling the strings and uh, things that are very contrary to the way that uh, many of us think. So, what do you do? You say, well, I'm, I'm only one person. Well, you and I both know that there have been many, many times in life when one person made a huge difference and uh, somebody that had a passion and they were driven and motivated by their passion has saved a many a society. <laughs> in the Proverbs, it talks about there was a, a man, doesn't give his name, it says that that man was responsible for saving a city. And it doesn't tell us any more about him. It just said, here was a man, and he did something. We don't even know what he did that was responsible for saving a city. Well, either one of us, any of us, could be the person who's going to save our country and save the society in which we love and the uh, way of life that we love. So, years ago, I preached a sermon to my congregation, and it's simply called God's Survival Plan. And uh, probably, I would imagine, 30 years ago, at least, I preached this sermon. And evidently, there was something going on in our society then that we thought, oh, this is just the end. That drove me to preach a sermon called God's Survival Plan. And, uh, of course, I take this from a Christian perspective. I take it from a perspective of God's Word. But there are principles that the Bible teaches us, that will help us and sustain us even in difficult times. And so we're going to talk about it, but I think that what we'll do is we'll just go ahead and play a little music for you, and then we'll come back, and we'll talk about God's survival plan. Steve Hess and Southern Salvation, Mercy Still flows. You Hallelujah. You be thinking you feel safe. I understand why I chose that song to lead off with, you see, because we're talking about God's survival plan, and I played the song that simply says, mercy still flows. God is still, he is still in control, he's still got it all worked out, we just have to have faith to believe it, his mercy still flows. This is the Gospel on the Radio Talk Show. I'm Pastor Jack King. I am here today, hopefully, to be a blessing to you. 
and to encourage you and to help you to understand that uh, we are not defeated and God has not forsaken us. And um, I kind of sometimes in my mind, my mind goes back to the story of Robin Hood. And you say, well, what's this got to do with anything? Well, you have to remember the the uh, underbelly of the story. See, we remember Robin Hood, and uh, he, he, ro- he, he robbed from the rich and gave to the poor. But what you probably don't remember is why he had to do that. And that's because there was a good king and there was a bad king. And I don't remember all the names. But the good king was off to the Crusades. And he left the kingdom and the responsibility of someone else who turned out to be a bad king. And he was robbing and cheating and stealing from the people. And so that's why Robin Hood felt like that he had to uh, make a difference to be able to help the poor who were suffering because of this evil reign. But in the story, the good king came home. And when he did, then he dealt with the bad king. And so in my mind, my mind often just goes back to that story to say, well, yeah, oftentimes there's dark times and uh, bad things are happening because of bad rulers and bad government. But there's always the hope that the good king will come back, <laughs> you see. And I'm not meaning anything political here. I'm just telling the story. But here, listen to this. God's survival plan. Number one, I take this from 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse number 10. For the love of money is the root of all evil. You see, that's something that we all have to uh, get control of. You can't love money. You see, money is a tool. It's a tool designed to help us to be able to purchase the things that we need to purchase in order to sustain life. You know, before there was money or currency, there was uh, the barter system. In other words, you traded somebody a cow for a pig or whatever. But that gets a little cumbersome after a while. It's kind of hard to carry a cow in your pocket. And so the money system or currency system became a part of everyday living to where you just hand people pieces of metal and a piece of paper that's good for a cow or a pig or whatever it is there to represent and kind of makes system a little bit more fluid that way. But the thing is, is that we come to the point to where we just love money. And, and not only do we love the money, we love the, what the money represents. And that's power and prestige and, and all of the things that if, it give, if we give it its head and let it rain, it will destroy. And that's 
really the point of the whole thing. So there's a place in our hearts that we have to we have to get control of because we cannot allow money and the love of money. And see, that's the thing we have to understand. And I want to point that out. The love of money, as it says here in First Timothy chapter 16, is the root of all evil. In other words, it drives evil. This love of money, this, this love of money. I want, I want, I want, I want, and I, when I get, I'm not satisfied. I want more. Well, you see, that's just a path to destruction. And uh, now in the current events, as we are looking at society right now, you've probably heard, and I'm not even going to mention names or anything else, but a man has become uh, front and center as a person who has uh, invented what is called cryptocurrency. And, and I don't know anything about any of that. I have never bought any of it. I don't know nothing about it. All I know that it's turned out that this is a Ponzi scheme. And it's interesting that we find this out right after the midterm elections because much money went into the coffers of one of our political parties. And I remember all during the political campaign, they listened to the different talk shows, I hear them say, where is all this money coming from? Just tons and tons of money going into fund different campaigns and different candidates. Well, this is part of it. Billions of dollars given to political figures. And now, all of this on the backs of people who trusted and invested and found out that it's all gone. See, I was part of a uh, organization. This is probably ooh, uh, 30 years ago. <laughs> and uh, there was a man who, who came to uh, a lot of our uh, uh, conventions and things of that nature. And he was uh, getting people to invest in his doings. And <laughs> everybody in the organization was just a buzz about this. I never met the man. But it came to uh, the part of the organization that I was involved in, that this particular entity of this organization would invest in the, this man. And uh, again, I didn't know him. I, I, just, I just heard about him. And I asked the question, I said, how long has this man been doing this business? And they said, five years. Well, when I heard five years, my antennas went up because it's said that a business will make it or break it in five years. Five years is the point to say, yes, it will survive or it won't survive. And I pointed this out to the leaders of this organization that I was a part of. And uh, I said, I don't trust it because the, it's right at the point that it's going to prove itself one way or the other. Well, I was one voice 
I dissented. The rest of them consented. They invested a pretty good chunk of money, lost every bit of it. And so I know something about Ponzi schemes and how that it always affects those who cannot afford to lose the money. But it's driven by, as the scripture says, the love of money, the root of all evil. So as a part of God's survival plan is, look, don't love the money. Use the money as it's intended to be a tool to be able to help provide the things that you need. But don't love the money. Because you remember the parable that Jesus told us about a man that had a bumper crop and he had more than he needed. And uh, he said, I know what I'll do. He says, I'll tear down my old barns and I will build bigger barns and I will store up and then I will sit back and I will eat, drink, and be merry. Remember what Scripture says? The Lord came to that man and he said, you're a fool. You're a fool because you put your trust in your money and you loved your money above everything else and it became your destruction. And uh, I believe the principle is put your trust in God. The wise nets, he's living today. Our Lord went to Calvary where he willingly died. You see, he rose victorious. He's living today. And see, a part of God's survival plan is simply this. You've got to believe. And it's either you do or you don't. You, either you do or you don't. I mean, if you say you believe, then you have to believe his word. And uh, you have to apply his word. It has to become a part of who you are. And to say, oh, man, I, I love my money. We end up saying we love our money more than we love God. And that becomes a curse to you. Something I've been meaning to tell you, and I've forgot to this point, this is the weekend of our live nativity. We do this every year. It's 43 years we've been doing the live nativity. You got one more night, and that's tonight, the 18th, from 7 to 9. The address is 526 East 8th Avenue. And uh, if you're coming up uh, 7th Avenue away from the, the Tallahassee Memorial Hospital heading toward Monroe Street, We'll look for the Ronald McDonald House. It's on the right-hand side of the road. You've got a big clown sitting up on, <laughs> on the bench. <laughs> Pass by the Ronald McDonald House. Take the first right, which is Colonial Drive. The first left, that's 8th Avenue. As soon as you take that left on 8th Avenue, you'll see the nativity. It's right there. If you're coming from the uh, Killarney area, come on up Thomasville Road, and you'll pass by the, the plazas, one on your right, one on your left, Capitol Plaza on your right, the uh, Miracle Plaza on your left, just right past it. There's two streets that goes off to the left, Pine and Colonial. You want to take Colonial and follow that down. You'll go through a little roundabout. 
And then the next street is 8th Avenue. Take that right, and you'll be right there. And uh, 7 to 9, live casts, live animals. Uh, like I say, 43 years we've been doing this, and a lot of people have been blessed, and they've told me, and I'll get, get to watch the children. And uh, I love it when uh, moms or dads or grandparents just kind of kneel down there and start telling the children the story. There's Mary, there's Joseph, there's the wise men, there's the shepherds. That's why I do this. <laughs> I tell you what, at my age, uh, it's not as easy as it used to be. But uh, I do it because I think about the children. And not only that, I remember one year I had a gentleman, he was uh, in his 80s, and he just stood there and he just cried, just just wept. And I said, sir, you've never seen anything like this? He said, I've never seen anything like this in my life. Oh, it touched him. <laughs> and uh, I believe it'll minister to you too. So go ahead, bring the family out tonight, 7 to 9, 526 East 8th Avenue. The live nativity. Um, also, today at Freedom Road, the church that I pastor, 720 Capital Circle Northeast, is our, um, we always have a Christmas presentation, and it's 11.05, it starts this morning, and um, it's a good play. You'll enjoy it. So I'm inviting you to that as well. We'd love to see you, I'd love to have you bring your family out, and let's just worship the Lord as we watch the Christmas story being told there in the, in the sanctuary. So those are two invitations for you. We'd love to see you. Love to meet you. Now, when you come out to the Nativity, if you want to greet me, I'd love to just shake hands with you and appreciate you coming. I'll be the guy with the black cowboy hat on. And uh, I do that because it helps me keep my head warm out there in the dampness. So <laughs> just uh, come up and say, hey, Pastor King, just greet me. And I'd love to meet you. God's survival plan. So number one, the love of money. The scripture says it's the root of all evil. Number two, we take this from uh, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, verse 38. It says, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together, and running over shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure, that ye met with all, it shall be measured to you. Now, I know that's King James, and a lot of people don't like the King James, but I do. And uh, I grew up with the King James, so <laughs> we're just kind of like we're friends, you see. But listen to this. This is a principle. And it goes right along with First Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. It says, the love of money is the root of all evil, because, you see, what Jesus is teaching, he says, have a generous heart and uh, don't trust your money, trust in God. So he says, learn how to give. Because you see, when you learn how to give, then it takes away that just love of money that I've just got to hold on to it and I've just got to hoard it up and I'm so afraid to lose it. No. <laughs> And, and this principle is simply, yes, I do. I plan to lose it. I, I plan to be a, a, a vessel that money just 
flows through me. I don't hold on to it. I just give it away. And what happens is kind of like the old old pump, if you've ever been around an old well. And uh, when you start pumping that handle up and down, then nothing will happen. And then after a while, after the, the is what you call private, some of the old pumps that I would actually have a little place that you pour water into it in order to to grease it up and to get it working. So it's just priming the pump. And so give it as much that way. So you're just priming the pump. So the water just flow through. You don't plan to hold on to this money because you know there's going to be more coming as you continue to pump the pump. And so he said, give. And it begins to free things up. Things begin to flow. And then it starts coming back to you. But you say, I'm going to tell you something. That takes a lot of faith to come to that point. To get to that point where you're willing to give your money away, believing that God's got more. That takes an incredible amount of faith. And it also has to cause you to not have to hold on so tight. You've heard the old illustrations about how do you catch a monkey. I don't know whether this is true or not. I've just been, I've heard the story. They say you put something in a jar and the monkey will reach down and get it and clench his fist because he don't want to let go and now it can't get out. And it's a good principle because what's happened is that you've, you've held on to something so tight, now you're slave to it. But Jesus says, Give, and it shall be given unto you. But then he begins this formula, pressed down, shaken together, good measure, to where the ability of God to just begin to expand it and to cause it to grow and to increase. It says, shall men give into your bosom? People. God will use people to keeping things flowing. And, and it's a tremendous principle, but it's also a principle that requires tremendous faith. Faith. I mean, this is a condition of the heart. This is uh, when God has done surgery in your heart. And he's taken that old, cold heart out that, that was so dependent upon the love of money and he replaces it with a heart that's generous. But I love this part of the principle. He says, for with the same measure that you met, it shall be measured to you. In other words, so that God uses the same measuring device that you use. So if you are a person that uh, you're just real stingy when it comes to your giving, and when it comes to blessing your church, or blessing a ministry, or blessing a neighbor, and, and you're one of those that just wants to hold on real, real, real tight, and when you give, you might use a thimble. Well, when God gets ready to return it back to you, then he'll use a thimble. But if you, then I think I'd rather have a cup, then God will use a cup. Or you might say, well, I, I think I'll use a shovel. Well, then God will use a shovel. 
<laughs> you think, well, I think I'm going to get me one of those uh, big backhoe things. You know, that, that, that big thing that just just dips into the ground and just brings up a whole bunch of earth. <laughs> I think I'll get me one of those. And I'll do my giving with that. And God will use the same device to return it back to you. And can you see that a person with that type of uh, understanding could be so instrumental in the advancement of God's kingdom? Because they'd be a person who, hey, I want to bless the ministry. I want to bless people. I see somebody, they're involved in some type of a ministry and uh, they're doing a good work. Man, I want to I want to put some money into that. I want to I want to help that ministry. And then you bless them. You give that money away and then here all of a sudden God just does something and just brings it back. <laughs> you see, you talk about surviving in hard economic times when other people are struggling. You see, you have a generous heart. Trust God. Trust his word, what he says. Have faith to believe that God will return the blessing and God will just use you as a vessel for his usage and just see what God can do. Even in the midst of difficult, sometimes very, very strange times in which we are living, to just see what God can do. Because God is an all-powerful God. Jesus is the bridge. There you go. Jesus died that we all may live, and he is the bridge. See, in tough times, you look to Jesus because he is the ultimate survival plan. Trust in him. See, it doesn't have to do with how much money you have or how much money you don't have. It has to do with how much you trust. And uh, can you believe that God will sustain you even in tough times? And uh, so that was the Dunaways. Mercy built a bridge. This is the Gospel on the Radio talk show. I'm Pastor Jack King. I am your host. And um, you might want to know that if you want to listen to this broadcast again or you want to share it with a friend, you can find it on the podcast. If you just go to the podcast uh, app and you type in Pastor Jack King, Tallahassee, then all those shows will come up. Lots of talk shows, lots of the daily broadcast. And you can find it there. Show number 1,102. And uh, you'll find that, uh, well, there's a lot of content. If you're on a trip, I assure you, 
you won't run out of content before you get where you're going because there's a lot of stuff to listen to there, a lot of great interviews over a lot of years. And so I'm just encouraging you to go to the podcast and enjoy it. So now, remember, I shared with you already, but I'm going to remind you, the live nativity, one more night, that's tonight, uh, 7 to 9, 526 East 8th Avenue. Live cast, live animals. It's the 43rd year we've been doing this. And uh, I tell you, a lot of people come and they, they, they tell us how much they appreciate it from one year to the next. And uh, um, it's just a blessing to me. We have uh, people who were children when they first came to the nativity. Now they're bringing their children. Some of them are bringing their grandchildren. <laughs> what a tradition it really is. And so anyway, I want to encourage you to come out. Also, the, this morning at 11 o'clock, actually 11.05, at Freedom Road, the church that I pastor, 720 Capital Circle Northeast. We're right there between Easterwood Drive and Park Avenue. If you're heading toward Park Avenue, look for us on the right-hand side of the road. You'll see our sign out there on Sunday morning. It's our Christmas program, and we invite you to that as well. Love to meet you and uh, meet your family. So those are your invitations, and uh, I hope that you are enjoying the Christmas season. I know that uh, for me, uh, after we finish up the nativity tonight, get everything put away uh, tomorrow, uh, Monday. Uh, if you come by there Monday evening, Bethlehem will be gone. It's there now, but it'll be gone. <laughs> it just disappears. And once I get all that done, then uh, I get to begin to focus on my family and enjoying Christmas with my family. And I look forward to that. So enjoy Christmas. Enjoy the Christmas season. Love on your family. And uh, just trust God. Now, God's survival plan. Let's look at number three. This is Luke chapter three, chapter eight, verse three. The very last uh, part of that verse, it says, which minister to him of their substance. And in this particular scripture, it just talks about, it said, those who did the ministering couldn't afford it. They didn't have the money to do what they did. But they took what they didn't have, and they trusted God. And that, that is one of the greatest principles, is when you just understand that uh, it isn't about whether you're rich or you're, you're famous or anything like that. But do you, do you trust God? Do you trust God? Here we are in this Christmas season, and uh, I appreciate so much those um, who are people who are involved in uh, in ministries where they collect toys or they collect uh, different things to give to the poor during Christmas season. And I just applaud these people. I didn't get a chance this year to have the. Christmas connection on the on the show. We I made the call, but there's some change of leadership, and there was just some confusion in trying to to make it happen. We'll try to get them back next year, but uh, just hear their heart. They they work so hard to collect items to bless other people. But you see, God's going to return that, and uh, uh, because the principle is there, so. If you find yourself in a situation where you say, well, Pastor King, I'm just desperate. 
Well, I don't, I don't discount that because I know what it's like to be, um, well, I've never, quote, lived in poverty. But there's been times in my life where I didn't have any money and uh, bills were stacking up. And I remember this uh, particularly right after I got out of the Navy. And uh, the Navy just, uh, they stopped putting those uh, checks in my bank account. <laughs> wow. And uh, and I couldn't find a job. I was trying to find a job, and it was just getting rough. And I know I've shared this with you all before, and, and uh, I appreciate your, your patience, uh, an old man just, just rambling sometimes. But but I was uh, pretty low, and uh, I got depressed and just laid on the couch. <laughs> That's going to do a lot of good in it. And uh, the Lord just came to me and said, get up, get up. Started going to the hospitals, visiting people, and I did. God just turned it around. God gave me a job. Things got better, and that's kind of the way it is. And the thing is, is that what happened is that I took the focus off myself. Actually, I didn't do it, and God told me to do it. Stop complaining and stop focusing on yourself and begin to focus on the needs of other people and uh, do things that maybe you can't even afford to do. I think about uh, Keith and Carla Whitfield. They've, they've been on the talk show here, and they, they have the ministry called Mana Express. And they they saw, after Hurricane Michael, they saw some people feeding people out at the uh, over in Blountstown at the Winn-Dixie uh, Shopping Center. And they said, uh, we could do that. They didn't have a lot of money. They didn't, they didn't have a lot of substance and, and to give, but they, they went and got what they had. And they began to bless other people. And that's the heart. That's the heart. And Jesus said they gave what they could afford to give. But ministry followed that. And along with that is God's blessings. Ernie Haas and Signature Sound. Amazing God. Amazing God, you're still amazing. Amazing God, you're still amazing me. That's right, that's right. God's survival plan. Just a very quick renewal before we get to our last point. For the love of money, the root of all evil. You just If you love money, then it's going to drive you in a, in a place where you're not going to put your trust in God because you love the money and you hold on to it so tight that you're not going to trust God. Given it shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, will God return to you. And they use the same device in giving that you use. And, uh, and then the third one was they ministered unto him of their substance. In other words, just what they had, but they trusted God to increase it. And a lot of times they give 
but they can't afford to give. And then the fourth one is this. And who is my neighbor? This is Luke chapter 10, verse 29. These uh, learned men, they said to Jesus, who is my neighbor? Because they'd ask him what was the greatest of the commandments. And he said, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. And then Jesus volunteered the second one. He says, love thy neighbor as thyself. Then they said, well, who is my neighbor? Then Jesus told them this incredible story. And he used a Samaritan as the hero of the story. You know, the hated, dreaded Samaritan. And basically, this Samaritan saw a man down in the ditch, bloodied, bruised, beaten and robbed and left for dead. He got off his beast of burden and he went down into the ditch and probably got mud on himself and probably some, uh, some of those burrs and probably got some blood on him. But he went down and he ministered to that man. He poured the oil and the wine in and he showed love and compassion to this stranger that he never met. Well, at the same time, in the story that Jesus told uh, those who people who were supposed to be the ones who would set the examples of compassion, the priest of the Levite, one of them, he passed by and uh, he looked down the ditch and said, well, ain't nothing I can do about it. The other one just went over to the other side of the road. They didn't even want to see it. And uh, God, or Jesus, used this as an example to talk about the love for your neighbor and your love for humanity. Because Jesus set the example for this because he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Actually, the father did Jesus, who gave himself to on the cross of Calvary. You see, that's that's the pattern. That's the pattern. If you want to be able to survive tough times, love your fellow man, and God will take care of all these things. Matthew six thirty three: Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of His righteousness. And all of these other things, Jesus said, will be added unto you. God's, God's survival plan. He's given it to us right in his word. But you see, all this requires a change of heart. But more than that, it requires an eye-opening to understand we live in a spiritual world. We're spiritual. God is spiritual. And we're able to connect with a spiritual God who loves us. And uh, just like he says, he takes care of the little sparrow. He takes care of the lily. He'll take care of you if you trust him. Father, we just give you praise and glory today. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity to minister the gospel here on this radio broadcast. And Father God, I pray over those who have listened today, 
Bless them, Father God. Let there be a hedge of protection about them, Father God. Let us grow in our spiritual walk. And Father God, I pray for my country. I pray, God, desperately that you'd help us in these difficult times. Father, I pray for peace around the world, and I pray for peace in the city of Jerusalem and in the nation of Israel. Father God, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And until next Sunday morning, may the Lord bless you.